Hello, I'm Matt Ford, and the voice you're about to hear is Kerry Godleyman. Hello. <laughs> Hello. That's a good intro. <laughs> well, I thought it was a kind of dramatic way. I thought it was kind of, yeah. you know, kind of building it up, bringing you on as, as yeah. you would at a gig. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Kerry Godleyman. <laughs> we're all missing gigs, aren't we? This is what we have to do now to make us feel like we're gigging. Yeah, do you ever, you know when people say, oh, would you like me to say anything before bringing you on? Do you ever say, oh, no. oh can you say no. this? No, that's an American thing, isn't it? They do that in America. So if you do, like, in America, they're like, you've seen them on a bug roll advert. You've seen them <laughs> in the queue for Greg's. But if you do it here, and they go, just say I've been just say I've been on telly once or twice, the audience just shut down. They just think, oh, go on then, be funny. Smart ass. Yeah, I don't think it helps. <laughs> and also, it's a bit weird to kind of ask for... Yeah, I was just saying, no, just say my name, please. Yes, absolutely. But have you ever gigged with an American and they go, oh, yeah, oh, can you man. mention I've done this? You've seen a man Conan and Comedy Central and HBO and MSNBC and CNN. Yeah. You're like, my God. Yeah. But and I now he, like here he is at the Walsall Laugh Factory. <laughs> yeah, quite. You always Good feel like, in, like doing an intervention and going, look, we don't, we don't do that here because British audiences won't like you. Yeah. yeah, that will put them off, actually, you being good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and having been successful. How do you like to be introduced? Do you have, do you, you know, when you're on tour, do you introduce yourself on the offstage mic? Yes. I don't, what, I'm not what? comfortable with it, but I do. I just go, welcome to the stage, me, Gary. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. It's so weird, isn't it? Or, or, put, or like announcing yourself onto the stage. Yeah. I have just, you ever um... been com like comparing a show and then forgotten? The oh, name man. of the act that you're literally yeah. just about to bring on. Why, oh, one of the reasons I hated comparing because I just found it horrible. Mm. It's awful. And, um, it's a real oh, panic so attack. And, like, and also, like to be fair to compares, they often don't know who you are. There's three or four of you on the bill. Oh no! If you've never heard it's of each personal. other, you're like, what? And even then, even if you have, but like, a... you've got to go from basically hosting a show to then right, who's on next? And that's really hard. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And it might sometimes be people you know quite well, but you just blank. You just momentarily go blank. It's horrible. Oh, well, um, this but you didn't like do that, of... fortunately. No. Um, and when I introduced myself on, I just kind of I put on a kind of backstage. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome <laughs> to the stage. So it's obviously me, but it's a kind of, you know, slightly partridgey. Yeah. Go wild very and good. crazy, you know. When I used to support John Richardson tour, I'd give him like a, ladies and gentlemen, that sort of, in conjunction with HBO and Sky Box Office, <laughs> for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, <laughs> doing like a sort of Michael Buffer. Why don't I do that for myself? Yeah, exactly. Why are you doing it for John and you? Ladies and gentlemen, for the tens in attendance, and no one watching around the world. It's an option. Um, well... <laughs> This has been this has been a very fertile chat about the realities of the touring life of a comedian. Um, but we have a podcast to get on with yeah. that I think it's fair to say, um, and obviously we've done a few of these shows together, I think in terms of the texts, they're the best we've ever had. Oh, absolutely. We've hit something in this one. There's People have got a lot to say. We struck gold with two separate topics today that were both absolutely superb. So... This is a special one, so maybe save this when, for when you've got maybe you've got a big walk planned, or you want to sit in your favourite chair and have a nice cup of tea because this is uh, this is a real treat. Enjoy. Brace yourselves; it's time for the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. 
Happy Bank Holiday Weekend. If you're in England, Wales and Northern Ireland, apologies to listeners in Scotland who don't have Monday off. But I think you do get more bank holidays overall, so it works itself out in the end. Um, we will be keeping you updated on some of the football today. There's Scottish Premiership games, the League Cup starts today, and the FA Community Shield kicks off at half four. The Women's Community Shield has already kicked off. Chelsea are beating Man City 1-0. I'm delighted this weekend to be joined again by Kerry Godleman. Kerry, welcome back. Hello, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Well, I say I'm well. Um, I, I don't usually have dreams, and I know talking about dreams is boring. I know it's one of the things you shouldn't do on the radio. But you're going to do it. You're going to do it anyway. <laughs> you're going to I know I shouldn't. Come on, what I know, was it? but it, 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 was so, it was... I don't usually dream, so this is why it's really hit me for six. You and will dream, you just can't means. remember them. You can't remember Okay, them, yeah, fair point. Fair I'm point. going to be your dream usually. therapist. I'm going okay, to analyse So you. this is what happened in the dream. Okay. My mum made me eat a dead cat. Okay. What uh, does that mean? Okay, how did you feel about I it? Were you enjoying it? it? Oh, you cooked it? Yeah, so she was like, you got to eat... You got to... <laughs> okay. Mean... Yeah, so I There's cooked it and it just didn't taste very nice. So I was like, I really don't want to be Well, it won't. That. It's a dead cat. But yeah. um, did she do it in a maternal light? It's for your own good, or was it a punishment of some kind? It was slightly. It was qu- quite noirish. Um, but I, ha- you know what it is. I have started watching the X Files again, so I wonder oh, well, if it's it'll be that. It's all feeding in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically it. I don't think right. you're broken. No, you've just been watching sci-fi. <laughs> I've just been watching horror films all week. Do you get on with wondered... your mum? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. Oh, actually, I watched Seven last night. Oh, well, that's stark. That's basically it, isn't it? You got off lightly with just a dead cat if you'd been watching Seven. Yeah, it, I mean, it could have gone like in any chicken. direction. For, you know, for the record, if there's anyone out there saying, what did it taste like? <laughs> you didn't eat um, a dead cat. You just had a dream. Yes, I fly in the... my dreams, but I don't <laughs> fly. <laughs> but it tasted like chicken in the dream, I mean. I didn't wake up and, you know. I couldn't taste it. And did your mum, like, was she sort of supervising and, like, admonishing you if you didn't eat it all up and all that kind of... Slightly, yeah. It was, But it felt okay. very, you know, it was raining outside. We're in a dark house. It really was basically a horror film. But um, oh God. if there are any dream experts out there, uh, do text us. I'm a dream expert. You're, it's are you? Worrying. Yeah. Yeah. So what, yeah I'd be worried, the... mate. <laughs> <laughs> How worried? I would not go out. I don't think you're safe to go out on the community. I mean, I've basically been doing that. I've not gone out for about six months. Oh, yeah, there is that. Yeah, yeah. There'll be no change there. (laughs) Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. I'm not the only one troubled this weekend as a result of that nightmare. According to the Daily Mirror, young people are living in fear of something and that thing is full stops in text language, because when young people text, they this don't use full stops. Well, th- I, I, I'm minded to agree, but according to the research, um, because, you know, in text language, you just send a message and don't put a full stop. If, if someone does put a full stop, it makes it look like a microaggression. So a full stop looks like what you're saying is, is angrier. Why? Why because, would a well, full stop be interpreted as anger? Because hold, can you just sorry? Can you just calm down, please, Kerry? You're shouting, and actually, I feel like you're—I feel like you're intimidating me a little bit. If you actually, think no, this is microaggression, I can really take this up a gear, mate. 
<laughs> yeah, let's have macro aggression. Just really go for it. I don't do passive aggression. I just do aggression, aggression. <laughs> anyway, isn't this, this is... what emojis are for? Well, that's why young people use emojis. Yeah. So then that the, you can you can then at the end of the message punctuate it with the facial expression of, of a yellow, white, you know, round faced thing that mm -hmm. then says, "Oh, it's a laugh, it's a joke, or I'm upset." So you could use a. Uh, a and then have a little hand pointing to the full stop and then have one of those shrugging, hey, what's going on kind of emoji. There's all way, kinds of ways out of this. There, there need is. not be a phobia. No, I agree. I mean, being phobic is odd. I mean, this is the problem is once you then are intimidated by full stops, like capital letters are going to feel very intimidating. Well, all my mum's texts are in capitals. Imagine an exclamation mark. They'll feel like they're being screamed at. I don't like exclamation marks. I find them excessive. Oh, you know what? If you get an email with too many in, I always, yeah. before I send an email, I always just do a quick exclamation mark yeah. pass on it and think, yes. this is going to make me look, only one is allowed. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And if it really has to many, earn its place. It's true. There are some contexts you, as well where people love them. Like baby groups. Also, when I had a baby, well, people were like, come oh. to the baby group! Like, oh my God, it's not that exciting. Well, that's it. And if you if you use your exclamation mark early, like if you go higher and you put the exclamation mark, you're like, well, you've used that now. Yeah. You've got a whole email where you can't use an exclamation mark now. Where are you going to go from um, here? Well, this is it. Do you have any phobias? Well, no. But now we're talking about this, I do feel quite strongly about exclamation marks. <laughs> but not really. I wouldn't describe it as a phobia. M you know, mild irritation. But that, that that's not phobia, is it? Do you? No, I'm, I'm scared of I'm, I'm scared of like big dogs. Oh, was you ever attacked by, by one? Is that rooted in something real? Um, I grew up in an area where there were like Doberman and Rottweilers always off the leash. Mm. I grew oh, up in quite God, a rough yeah. part of town, so it was just like always big dogs like chasing you. Oh, yeah, that is scary though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's logical, isn't it? That's, that doesn't yeah. really count as a phobia. That's like, <laughs> that's yeah, an exactly. evolutionary function. Yeah, that's uh, sensible. Yeah, I I don't, no, any, I don't really I don't have. Small ones. I don't have them really, no. That's I've got quite, a friend um, who has one of lifts. Of lifts? And it's a, yeah, it's a real... <laughs> she's got very What, like getting thighs. a lift with a friend or a lift yeah. in a hotel? Any lift. She won't go in a lift or an elevator. But I mean, like, not being offered a lift to work, for instance. Not that sort of lift. Oh, no, no. Not like, no. Not get, uh, give her a lift to the pub. No, elevators. She won't get in a lift. I suppose that's claustrophobia, though, isn't it? Which is a phobia, hence the word claustrophobia. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, is, she won't go in a lift. a medical start to the show with dream analysis and now phobia analysis. But I'm so fully qualified. On... <laughs> <laughs> text us on 8-12-15. What is your phobia? This is Matt Ford. Matt Ford, weekend summer camp on Absolute Radio. Text us on 8 12 15 if you've got a strange phobia. Um, Leanne in Tunbridge Wells has, has messaged you, Kerry. She has. She says she's phobic of sneezing, or rather just hearing the sound of someone else sneezing makes her skin crawl uncontrollably. She, she, she's not even a germaphobe. She just uh, she says most people don't know how to sneeze properly and it disgusts her. And she hasn't punctuated that either, so it's not. She's not saying it aggressively, <laughs> but it, oh, it disgusts her how people sneeze. So yeah, I'm sort of with her a bit. Where she's coming from, yeah. Yeah, I can because some people sneeze as if it's a cry for help. I'm like, come on, do you need the attention that badly? Can't you just you know discreetly what? sneeze into your hanky? 
It's also, it's the affected sneeze that some people do. Oh. I'd rather hear just a proper, than it when people yeah. go, Ooh. you're like, what are you doing? You're an adult. <laughs> Grown yeah. man. Do I might have done a couple of those. sneeze. Come on. I might have done that. Yeah, I might have done that. I feel bad now. I might have done a couple of them. See? But, um, See, you've become, you've become the do problem. You think Le- yeah. Leanne would be disgusted by me. Oh, she wouldn't. What about I mean, when that's... someone just gets caught short and all the snot comes out? I mean, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, then I guess that's... I mean, at the moment, that would be, you know, life-threatening. So um, oh, in, yeah. in, in yeah. the modern context, it would be appalling. But in yes. the non-COVID world, I mean, that's funny, isn't it? I'd love to see that. But she says she's not a germaphobe, so she probably would be more on board with a snot-based one than a sort of affected <laughs> comedy one. <laughs> I love that this is basically, we're basically talking about soiling, people soiling themselves, but on the face. Would yes. you say you'd soiled your face? Well, how else would you describe it? Had an accident, a face accident. <laughs> I mean, and also, a good friend would tell you you'd done it. Well, you say that, but have you ever walked about with something on your face and thought you were with a oh. good friend who failed to tell you? Oh, always. So many times. It's awful. And I'm... I'm always, I just say, why didn't you mention it? I, I know, I know a man with a really, I know, they should tell you. I know a man with a really hairy nose, and I'm like, you've got a wife. Oh, thank God you said nose. <laughs> He's got pubes in his nose. I'm like, you've got a wife. <laughs> What's the point of a wife if you can't tell your spouse to pluck your nose? But Otherwise, what's the value him? of a wife? But why because, have you told him? He's because your he's mate. got a wife. I, yeah. Also, there's like an We're etiquette. There's an etiquette issue. Go on. Well, well, because it's someone else's husband, you're not allowed to mention it. Unless it's a lifestyle choice and he wants it. Yeah, maybe he's growing it out a bit. Maybe he's um, maybe he's going to go on a march <laughs> or something. God knows. I mean, any hair around the nose or ears just has to immediately go. Has to go. Has to go. Um, um, if you have a phobia of nose or ear hair, text us, 81215. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. We're talking phobias on this cheery Saturday afternoon with Kerry Donovan. Now, we've had one here, Kerry, and I want to get your opinion on this. Sachin Nakrani on Twitter has said, mm-hmm. it's not a phobia, but I have never eaten an apple. The idea of biting into one genuinely makes me shudder. Oh. Isn't that How weird? Odd. Yeah, that's really weird. And apple, the apples are amazing. I'm not a lover of apples, but I mean, what? I only know that because I've eaten one. You need to eat one. To, but clearly they don't like the whole idea of the concept of an apple. I love apples. I have one every day. Do you? Yeah, I chop it into my porridge in the morning and stir it in. A Granny Look Smith. You. Yeah. Wow, that's very impressive. <laughs> what, do you think that's impressive? Or yeah, I do. I think that's very healthy, oh. apple a day. Okay. I just yeah, don't... I'm, I like fruit, but I'm not a lover of apples. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I, don't like, I find them a bit bitter. But as a phobia, I, I tell you what, oh, I, I, you know what? This is my theory. Go I on. bet the first film we watched was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Oh, do you think? I bet he said, it's a he said thing. It's, a text, it's texture. It's the texture. Yeah, he thinks it like. is. He thinks it is, but I know better. This is Matt Ford's Weekend Summer Camp on Absolute Radio. Finding out a lot today about these different phobias, half of which I didn't exist. A lot of people getting in touch. A troubled nation is coming to Kerry Godlin and myself for help. Um, 
Kerry, you've had so many messages. We've had so many messages from people who have various sorts of phobias. What are the standout ones that you found? This one stands out for me, a phobia of walking on sand called amophobia. And it's, uh, she says she was always a barrel of laughs on beach holidays as a kid. Yeah, I hated doing the triple jump at school. (laughs) Fancy what specifically that is the issue with that? But you know what the shame sand. is about that? Walking on sand is such a pleasurable thing. Oh, it's hard work, though, isn't it, when it's really soft and you keep sinking down? I mean, it's a pain, oh, but qu- I wouldn't quick be Quicksand is different. <laughs> no, but you know when you're, like, drudging sand. through sand and you're like, oh, we're not getting anywhere quick enough? That feeling. Yeah. I <laughs> but mean, not phobic. I was thinking more just the warm, pleasant feeling of having oh, a yeah, holiday, that's finally nice. getting to the beach... And, yes. you, you know, your bare soles on the warm sand is a very yes. nice sensation. That is Maybe nice. Maybe like saying I'm phobic you... of champagne or phobic of, you know, fillet steak. Also, oh. I can, there are other issues with sand, like getting it, you know, in cracks and <laughs> sandwiches. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> but sand can be a pain, but I wouldn't say walking on it. Walking on it is the least, the least of its... Frustrations. <laughs> it just gets yes. to places, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't probably, belong. Um, yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let's leave it there. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Matt Ford and Kerry Godleman on Absolute Radio. Just to let you know, the Women's Charity Shield finished. Sorry, Community Shield. The FA Women's Community Shield. It's a generational thing. Uh, Chelsea beat Manchester City 2-0. Uh, the men's game kicks off at half four. That's Arsenal and Liverpool. We've got Scottish Premiership games have kicked off and games in the League Cup. We will keep you updated on those. But for the time being, we're talking about phobias. Uh, we've been in, we've been deluged. It's a good job we haven't got a phobia of um, a lot of messages because we're both <laughs> set off here. What would that be? I mean, I'm sure some people have a phobia of text messages. If you do, text us on 81215. Um Kerry, you've got one there that uh, has caught your eye. Yeah, there's one on Twitter. Someone called Anderson has tweeted that their friend has an issue with wrists. She won't look at them or touch them. She won't look at other people's. And once a co-worker thought it would be funny to rub her wrists together in front of her, and she fainted. What? It's very sad. It's very sad, really, with a sort of sad face emoji so that we know it's sad. But... that is I mean, you've got to be bored at work if you think, come on, let's just make Mandy pass out by rubbing her wrists and together. Also, why would you rub your wrists together? It, it, it's sort of in the motion, that, and I don't know if people still do this, but um, I remember when my mum would go to Boots to try out fragrances. Yeah, She'd spray it on her wrist, rub it together, and then smell yeah. it. Is, is that still what ladies do, or well, is that I don't, an outdated I, way to... I think it might be outdated, because I gather that sort of... Uh, people that are into perfume and things, they, I don't think you're meant to do that. It sort of alters really? the fragrance. I don't know. It's silly, isn't it? But, I mean, rubbing... I mean, as an experiment... To go, look, she's got a wrist phobia. I wonder what would happen if I rubbed my wrists in her face. And she passed out. I mean, that's yeah, a real phobia. Yeah, the person doing the wrist rubbing doesn't sound particularly pleasant. No. It's quite funny. I mean, it depends where you're working. <laughs> it, it depends where you're working. If you're just bored at work and you're on a shop floor or you're in Greg's, you think, I could, we could liven up things a little bit. <laughs> I rubbed my wrist. Yeah, but I suppose they did. Well, they weren't to know she was going to faint, though, were they? And also, how do you deal with that? How does HR get involved in that? You can't say <laughs> she started rubbing her boss. She was rubbing her wrists at me again. You'd be like, "What is your problem? Yes. Don't you dare! Don't you dare rub your wrists at me!" Don't That's you really dare. niche. 
That's really... It's not spiders, it's not snot, it's niche. It almost counts as like a sort of kink, doesn't it? Like if it's body parts, that's when it's almost like borderline kind of like... Oh, do you think? Yeah. Fainting isn't kink, though, is it? That's like shutdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But if 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 you're phobic of risk, you can never wear a watch. Oh, of course. Or a Fitbit. What about sleeves? Fitbit, yeah, where do you put your elastic bands? <laughs> the best place to put There's loads of your wrist. useful things for wrists. I wonder why you would have a phobia of a wrist. Oh, maybe it's a fear of arrest, because then the police would clamp your wrists together. Maybe, maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe she just didn't like the bill. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Now, I regret to inform you that this conversation is going to get very serious now, so I need to warn you that uh, what you're about to hear may trouble you. Um, you may find this emotionally distressing. Uh, Sam from Thornaby in Teesside says, I have a phobia of mashed potato. I can't even look at the stuff, and the thought of it in my mouth makes me rich and gag. Everyone takes the mick out of me because I seem the only person in the world with this phobia. Sam, this is... Uh... <laughs> This is tragic. A phobia of mashed potato has to... I think that's one of the worst things I've ever heard. Along with that accent. Whoa. <laughs> I'm a professional voice artiste. <laughs> Not while we're live, as mate. It's if this person doesn't have enough going on in their life to have you taking the mick out of their voice like that. Ah, you wouldn't mind, really. I'm just doing their mashed potato. Oh, I can't believe I've got a phobia of mashed potato. I don't know who that is. I'm not even sure that's a very good Thornby accent, Sam. It reminds me of Jossie's Giants when I was a kid. Bloke who played Jossie's Giants. What was that? Mashpatia. Oh, it was a Geordie football programme about a kid player. But I didn't know you were going to do the accent. I thought you were going to read it and then you shocked me by going for Shocked you by really, uh, (laughs) yeah. UK accents are fine. It's it's more offensive when you go abroad. That's going to have to be careful. um, (laughs) A phobia of mashed potato, man. I mean, that is... I would I would put mashed potato in my top three food types. Best. Really? Top three best food. Oh, it's one of the best things ever made. You have an apple a day and mashed potatoes <laughs> in your top three. Oh, mashed potato. I've learned so much about you today. Mashed potato with garden peas and a bit of gravy. Oh, what more yeah, do you want no, from life? What more? That is a treat. Mash and gravy is good. But you can really, like, overdo it. It's like baby food, isn't it? You can sort of start feeling a bit wrong when you eat too much mash. <laughs> How much you have it? I mean, you, you, <laughs> you yes, of course, you have to limit. You can just keep shoveling it in because there's no chewing, there's no effort. You can just keep shoveling it in and then you think, oh, I've overdone it, actually. <laughs> I've, gone, <laughs> I've gone too far. You know what? Actually, I did. I did once. A mate of mine reminds me of this. He came round to my house. This was a long time ago. I need to stress this. This was in a, in a former life um, when I was in my early 20s and living in Nottingham. And I just made a whole saucepan, but a huge one, like wok size, yeah. just of mashed potato and didn't even decant it. I just sat there on the settee eating it direct from the sauce pot, just a huge... And then I just passed out. It's like somebody <laughs> <up to me. laughs> I love it. I'd love to see a cartoon of that. I was. I mean, just I was a big boy off. back then. Like, <laughs> you know what the worst thing is? I can remember what I was wearing. I was wearing Hawaiian shorts. And just sat there eating a, eating a walk of my potato. Oh, I was oh wow. Wow. Oh. This is Matt Ford. 
It's Matt Ford's Weekend Summer Camp on Absolute Radio. In the League Cup, it's Blackburn nil, Doncaster Rovers nil, Preston North End 2, Mansfield Town nil, Stoke and Blackpool is nil nil, and Portsmouth are losing 2-1 away at Stevenage. In the Scottish Premiership, it's Kilmarnock, Dundee, United nil nil, Livingston nil, Ross County nil, St Johnston nil, St Mirren nil, Hamilton Ackies against Rangers kicked off at half five, and of course the Community Shield, I still call it the Charity Shield, Arsenal-Liverpool kicks off at half four. We're talking about phobias. This mashed potato thing is in danger of getting out of control. Someone's been in touch here. He says, dear fellow mashed potato listener. So he's talking to the person who previously got in touch. He didn't like it. He says, I am the same. I can't stand mashed potatoes. The smell, the texture, the thought. Even the thought. <laughs> Even the thought. What so is weird. going on so out there? Weird. But he seems really glad that there's now a support group for him because he said he's glad there's someone else out there. I just think So he's not alone. Be. He knows he's not alone. A giant Yorkshire pudding with mashed potato gravy and maybe like sausages in there and some peas. You're torturing these people. This is as bad as the wrist rubbing together woman. It's it's the thought he can't bear and now you're painting a picture. I mean Your story about the wok the wok full of mash. Yeah. He probably passed it out. I mean, it was absolutely gluttonous. You know, there are those do you ever have those days where no matter how much you eat, you're still hungry? Yeah. And you're just yeah. like, this is astounding. Like, I, I'm almost like, I want a doctor <laughs> to be able to explain the science of it, because I'm like, I'm eating everything in the house, and I'm still hungry. I don't understand how that works. That's got to be, that's more emotional than physical, isn't it? It's oh. got to be. <laughs> we could oh, ask, no! There's a hypnotherapist who's got in touch to sort of unpack a bit of it. They said that the worst, the most unusual one they've, they've ever heard of or seen is a fear of batteries. But they said, actually, that we're only born with two phobias, loud noises and falling, and all the others are learned. I wonder where no you, way. So you were right about the learned behaviour. I wonder where people learn a fear of mash. Where um, are you going to well, pick that be, up? You know what? Could be school dinners. Could be. Could be the Beano. There's a lot of mashed potato and something just <laughs> sticking out of it. it? <laughs> could yeah, be the Bash Street Kids. The Bash Mash Street, Street Kids. kids. Um, uh, yeah. as, they were, as they were known for their love of mash. I mean, mashed potato, maybe it is. Maybe it goes back to school days. Maybe it was unpleasant mash and there's an anxiety yeah. around school dinners and queuing up and Yeah, lumpy mash. Else. Food ones are funny. Someone's just texted one about meringues. Hideous, scary, noisy, shivers. <laughs> shivers up your spine. Do you ever I have a thing get... where if you hear like a word, you've got like a little phrase you say for it or like a little mm. joke? I've got one for Go Meringue on. where this is so sad. Because the thing is, I know it's rubbish. So if Go I'm on. owning, I'm taking the power back. Whenever anyone orders a meringue, I go, meringue your lord? <laughs> <laughs> like, you rang the lords, but uh, yeah. kind of I mean, spoonerism. That is solid dad gag. And I'm not even a dad, so what does that say about me? But you can still do dad gags. I do dad gags and I'm not a dad. That is a, yeah. That's just a dad gag, isn't it? I say not necessary. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Yeah, so that's kind of in the same ballpark. Yeah, I now don't even think I can say it the normal way. I just say not necessary. <laughs> Do let us know, by the way, 8, 12, 15. If you've got your own little catchphrase that you've made up or a silly phrase you say around a bit of food or an item or whatever, text us it now on 8, 12, 15. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. I don't want to blow 
my own horn here. Or our own horn. Can you blow a plural horn? I don't want to blow our horns. But <laughs> I think we may have stumbled across this text topic in the world because and keep them coming into eight twelve fifteen. The little phrases that you've made up. The, these are absolutely brilliant. Someone here says, um, "I've said broccolili instead of broccoli to my two-year-old daughter since she was tiny <laughs> because it always makes her giggle." Isn't that great? I love that. Broccolili. I love that one. I like I like this one where they uh, he says his wife has merged irrespective and regardless to create irregardless and they just stick with it now and use it all the time. <laughs> oh, that's like a that's like a Bushism, isn't it? What was the what was the phrase he used, George Bush? The um, they misunderestimated me. Oh, great! But that that's kind of makes one. sense. They misunderestimated me. And then there was it's, the yes. Um, what was the? Do you remember the Donald Rumsfeld thing where he went? There are unknown knowns. There are known oh, knowns, yeah. unknown knowns, unknown unknown. And actually, that all sort of made sense. I watched a documentary about it recently. <laughs> um, Lucy in London that... says, "If if someone asks if I want wine, I always say, of course, wine not.'" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, I there's it. a point when you use these phrases and then they're sort of funny, then they're not funny. But if you keep going, they get funny again and then they just become your catchphrase. You know what so I love Lucy about it? Lucy is the why not woman. It's brilliant because people are out there just have their own little jokes and we've managed to yeah. find a way of, of we're going to have to do this every week. Oh, man, I love these. <laughs> Whenever I hear about egrets, I say I've had a few. Oh, People are amazing. You've got to keep texting yeah. them in. 8, 12, 15. Your own little catchphrases. The, own, the little private jokes that you just put into life yourself. Let us have them. This is Matt Ford's Weekend Summer Camp on Absolute Radio. The, I mean, we can't read these all out, but there are so many good ones. We're asking you for the, the little phrases you've made up and that you say in every life, everyday life. Please keep them coming in to 8, 12, 15. I mean, some of these are absolutely brilliant. Stuart McCash on Twitter says, if my lad suffers or mispronounces something, I tell him he has a speech in peppermint. He never fails to look at me in such a disappointing way. Oh, man. Jenny sent in that they, she calls sideboards cyborgs. You know what I like about that as well? She says she has no idea why. People have just started doing something and then yeah. they just thought, that's quite funny. For my own, you're almost, you're doing this for your own amusement. That's what this is, isn't it? You're just, oh, kind of, just going to say something differently. And people seem to sort of say that it's half the kind of deadpan responses from their family that quite, they quite enjoy. Though someone else says that when someone says to them, not necessarily, they reply with a necessarily. <laughs> oh, I love that because that's quite a, that's there's a sort of defiance at the heart of that that's beautiful. Yes. Katie and Millie says when someone says half-hearted, my dad always says without fail who's farted. <laughs> oh, I love it. These are, I mean, we're literally hundreds of these. Yeah. They're so these funny. Are great. Someone said they've always said to their kids while they were growing up, you can't be serial. Now they're in their <laughs> 20s and their 30s and they still say it. They're still repeating it. Are you being serial? <laughs> um, Mark in Faith and Bonnie Scotland, he says, I'm loving the show. Making Pete in my bedroom a little less painful. <laughs> always loved saying, don't pee long whenever it says they're away to the loo. That's quite nice. Don't, don't pee long. Like Although it sort of borders on an instruction, doesn't it? Don't pee long. Yeah. Well, it's in the intonation, isn't it, that one? You need some emojis Don't at the long. end for, for humour. These are just absolutely magic. I can't... 
Oh, this is lovely. Daz in Darlington. When talking to mates, I'm usually saying muesli for usually. I'm usually doing it all the time. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. But these are just so... Oh, this one's fantastic. Stacey in Portsmouth says, after someone says Petersfield, which is a town 15 miles from Portsmouth, I can't not say his pants afterwards. Petersfield his pants. <laughs> Oh, man. People are just... You know what I love about this? People are out there doing this right now, just amusing themselves with these daft phrases. Yeah. You know what? I don't want to over-egg this. I think this is the best day of my life. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. (laughs) We've had one here that has really got Kerry Godleyman. There's loads of these. I love them. Someone said every time a pea falls off their dinner plate, they exclaim, oh, an escapee. Brilliant. Genius. These are so good. Um, That's Larry in Yeovil. I love it. Someone here says, um, my fiancé mixes crockery and cutlery and says crocklery. I guess as 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 a kind of collective, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. They've made a little hybrid phrase for both. This one I can really relate to. Uh, Andrea and Ascot says, when, when my daughters used to clean all the dirty washing from their room, I used to say, have you emptied your floor drobe then? Oh, the thing and is, I you'd be so proud that of that. might take that on. Yeah, I'm over the moon with that. You'd say that really smugly. And I say things to my daughter about the state of her room that my mum used to say to me. So I'll go in and go, what's this, an art installation? <laughs> Wow. And what does she say? She just rolls her eyes and ignores me, which is what I did to my mum. Or if there's dirty plates on the floor or cup, I'll go, what's this, a biology experiment? (laughs) And does she say, oh, that's really funny, mum? No, no, absolutely not, because she's 13 and I'm a nightmare. You're not a nightmare. I'm sure you're a very good mum, Kerry. uh, Well, uh, to a 13-year-old daughter, I'm a nightmare. (laughs) But thank you, Matt. But yeah, I mean... Go on. I, I suppose a lot of these are forged, though, aren't they? Out of frustration. That's where it comes from. That's what drives the creativity. Is yeah. a parent annoyed at the state of something and their, their brain kicks in. Um, There's a slightly different angle. Alice says, I always say Alan-sation for Alsatian. Um, I had a I mate who used to call, and it was just a mistake, when we used to go to the Salvation Army as kids, he, he would mispronounce it as the Alsatian Army, which Aww. sounds like a, a very different... I don't think I'd but go to the Alsatian Army. They're funny when you don't know what things... When I was a kid, I used to think when people say making ends meet was a type of meat that they needed to get called ends meet. I think oh. it was well into adulthood where I thought they mean, all oh, the ends of something meeting each other. I thought it was M-E-A-T, a type of oh. meat. <laughs> I suppose a kind of link sausage would be like two ends of meat that kind of, you know. I don't know what was going on in my head, but I remember having the realisation and going, oh, ends that meet. Wow. I mean, I I remember just in terms of things that dawn on you late, and this is tragic, but I was easily into my, I would say, mid to late 20s before I realised ravioli existed out of tins. I just thought it was a tinned product. I just thought that's what it was. And then I saw it fresh. I was like, what do you mean fresh? What I was like, but it was almost like annoyed. Like, what What sort of gimmick is this now? Fresh ravioli. Oh, like, this has gone too brilliant. far. And we were like, no, that's what <laughs> that's it is. I was like, brilliant. oh, my God. I just thought ravioli. At any, well, I mean, maybe that's a... Do let us know on, on, a, on a sort of side conversation. 8, 12, 15. 
what is the most I suppose what would it be like something you figured out late that's really obvious? Yeah, and you had to sort of style it out a little bit. Like you didn't really want everyone noticing. Yes. <laughs> Not yeah, that, quite the element of something. shame is is crucial. This is Matt Ford. Matt Ford, weekend summer camp on Absolute Radio. Matt Ford and Kerry Godleman on Absolute Radio. Just to update you on some football scores, the second halves are underway in the Scottish Premiership. It's Kilmarnock 2, Dundee United 0, Livingston 0, Ross County 0, St Johnston 0, St Mirren 0, and in the League Cup, it's Blackburn 1, Doncaster 0, Preston 3, Mansfield 0, Stoke and Blackpool is still 0-0, and Stevenage Portsmouth is 3-2 to Stevenage, so a very exciting start. And of course, we're about 23 minutes away from the Charity Shield kicking off Arsenal against Liverpool. Now, <laughs> we're asking you about things you discovered late in life. Um, for me, I mean, it, I, I think I might have even been in my 30s before I realised that ravioli didn't just come in tins. Um, <laughs> but a guy who worked at Heathrow has been in touch, Kerry, and I think he's, mm. I think he's struck a chord with you. Yeah, because he said he was he worked at Heathrow and he said he'd been working there for five years and it was only in his fifth year that he realised that the word airport was like a port, as in a seaport. And that's why the word port is on passports, to pass through a port. I was like, oh, I've you never thought I, about that, really. I've never thought the the passport thing I think I have, but the airport, you're right, I've never... Airport. And it's such a simple thing. Like There are words we use, you never really think about where they came no, from. No, exactly. Um, this one, my God. <laughs> Alex B in London here. When I first met my wife at university, she was convinced that baked beans were made of flour. Unbelievably. She thought they were bean-shaped alternatives to spaghetti hoops, and she's a vegan. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of see why. They are quite flowery. Yeah, there's a but lot of tin-based... There's a lot of tin-based problems have come up from there. People not knowing that corned beef could belong... Out of a tin. What? Megan in Surrey. There was one. I'll go but back I to thought it. Only Megan, tins. No. Well, apparently. What? Well, everything that exists in a tin once existed out of a tin, and then someone thought, "Put let's put it in a tin." This like, like philosophy <laughs> with Kerry Godleman. Everything that was in a tin existed out of a tin. This is sort of Schrodinger's. What? <laughs> oh my word! Is that... Yeah, of course. I guess. Of course, everything. Corned beef was once. You know tuna swim in the sea, don't you? Yes, I do know that. Yeah, yeah, I know. That. Yeah, I know. Like I knew that the. I didn't think they were born in a tin. Like I knew that the beans had been put in the tin. I didn't know there was, and I knew that beans existed. But I didn't. Where are you getting corned beef? Not in a tin. Who's no? Who's pretentious enough to go? I want corned beef, but easy on the tin stuff. I want the organic Megan, posh corned beef. I love this one because this is, again, it's about parenting. Megan in Surrey said that she was 18 before she discovered it wasn't against the law to have more than one packet of crisps a day. <laughs> <How'd you laughs> so imagine clearly getting done her for parents, that? yeah, her parents had gone, no, it's absolutely against the law. You can't have more than one packet of crisps. And she believed them until she was 18. I mean, if, if, that was, if that was the law, I mean, I'd be in the middle, I'd be doing like a five stretch. I wouldn't have a chance of parole <laughs> for like... <laughs> A long, long... I'd be on one of those documentaries like Britain's longest-serving prisoners. Call the police. Matt's on a multi-pack. Oh, and I'll tell you now, I'll be remorseless. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. 
we've got a couple of plates spinning here, which is kind of bad radio etiquette to have two conversations going on at the same time, but they're both so good that I don't want the conversation about funny little catchphrases you've made up to amuse yourself to go away. It's too, it's too good to stop talking about. So text us on 8, 12, 15, your own personal catchphrases, but also um, as a kind of B topic uh, or second topic, do let us know um, the things you found out late in life, like the really embarrassing things. I just think I'm, an, I think I'm just one of those late adopters in general. I think I believed in Santa until I was about 11 or 12, which is oh. quite late. Yeah, I just think I'm, I think I'm basically stupid. <laughs> And I think that's that's what this is, and it's fine. I can say it about myself, but I, I think I am a bit thick, and I think that's just the price I pay. Is that I'm a little bit gullible? I like it that someone who is it? Someone said that they platypuses weren't real. They thought they were like unicorns in their mid twenties before they realised they were real. <laughs> I mean, I can sort of I, I get that's kind of up my street, I guess. You know. What with me being thick, I can kind of identify with that. Um, there's one that really caught your eye, wasn't there, about funny words? Oh, yeah, there's a woman called Poppy that said that she used to think casting nasturtions, she calls casting nasturtions and not assertions. Aspersions. Aspersions. And she's called Poppy. <laughs> I love that. Nasturgeon sounds like... Nicola Sturgeon, like an abbreviated. Well, now that's not able to call Nicola Sturgeon anymore. I'll have to call her Nicola Nasturtium. Nasturtium, and yeah. she's already like obviously a sturgeon is a type of fish. I think it is. Yeah, that's a fish. Yeah, it's a fish and a flower. Um, I've got a Brendan in London. Um, <laughs> Brendan in London. While Kerry, would you mean plug yourself in? <laughs> Well, What's I'm, going on? You know what I mean. That's, that's another one of these ticks. If I have to plug my phone in, I go, oh, I have to plug myself in. <laughs> um, who knows? In the future, you may have to do that. Uh, Brendan <laughs> in London. Now, I have to be very careful about how I pronounce this. It oh, says, God. I have a friend who has a curry house, <laughs> and when it's quiet, I shout to him, curry up, you hunt. Oh, that, that could have gone risky. so. That was very risky. Right, I'm gonna have a glass of water. This is Matt Ford. Matt Ford, weekend summer camp on Absolute Radio. <laughs> We've had two that are absolutely superb here on Twitter. <laughs> Helen Hedgehogs, I'm not sure if that's a real full name, says my friend thought seahorses were the same size as normal horses. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? Until about ten years ago, I did. I was shocked you when didn't. I found out they were so. Yeah, I was shocked they were so small. I thought they were massive, great things. Yeah. They, they're called horses. But the seahorse—they're a different thing altogether. Didn't you ever watch a nature program and a seahorse come up? Well, you know what? <laughs> but even as a kid, when you're watching it, obviously they look quite big on the telly. Matt, I, I mean? can't believe. <laughs> It was. I was late. I was a late. I was a real late bloomer on the whole seahorse front. Let me tell you. I love this one. Margaret in Ottery says that she thought guerrilla warfare actually in, involved gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> but she wasn't an adult though. She said till she was twelve, so it wasn't into adulthood. But she said that they were always her least attra favorite attraction at the zoo. Just, well, think, I mean, just to imagine it. 
but it would be so sc- a war. I would not back myself in a war against a gorilla at all. <laughs> that would be, uh, but uh, like in, I suppose what doesn't help as well is that like all the Planet of the Apes films have kind of been around and they've been rebooted a couple of times. So yeah. it's kind of always been there. This kind of idea that. I mean, imagine a, a, an army of gorillas with like tin hats and bayonets. <laughs> it would be Having absolutely seahorses. I suppose you just chuck them a few bananas, and that'd be the end of it. I suppose you could—they'd be quite easy to kind of negotiate with. Very, very limited demands. Basically, don't touch my young and give us a crate of bananas. But yeah, I, mean, I suppose. I mean, when you're a kid and you hear guerrilla warfare, what else are you supposed to think? Exactly. You don't go. Oh well, I bet exactly. it's spelled slightly differently, and it's probably you know. You go. Oh man, you would gorillas just assume are at it's war. Gorillas. <laughs> it was. I mean, surely, surely some, you know, it's the sort of thing that I imagine Matt in the Telegraph or, or some uh, arch cartoonist. I mean, you know what? You know, if we Googled guerrilla warfare with the animal spelling, I bet we'll find a million jaunty, um, you know, cartoons. Oh, yeah. I bet it's, I I bet it's a well-worn is. path. Well, if you've ever, if there are any other phrases like that that you've misunderstood, do text us eight twelve fifteen. But for some reason, the animal ones are funnier. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. On an afternoon where we've had some of the funniest texts I've ever experienced, either on the show or outside of it, this one, Toby in Wiltshire, says, I thought the makeup on movie credits was the person who made up the story. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because makeup comes really down the credits. So he must have been watching for ages. <laughs> I love that. And it, I just like oh. the way his brain's gone to it. Like, well, they, what, can el- what else can makeup mean except making up the story? <laughs> oh, that's so good. Alan I like Chris in, sorry. Oh, what's Chris I like said? Chris in Barnstable. He says that his girlfriend always says batter an eyelid instead of bat an eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a threat. I just love the idea of her battering her eyelids at him to be coquettish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, Alan... Uh, has hit upon something here. It says, my friend has this phrase. That's what she said last night. It's kind of funny the first time, but after every sentence, it's no longer funny. We can barely get a sentence in before he's giggling away in the corner. After the (laughs) 900th time, trust me, you want to kill him. Um, Which sounds quite serious, actually. So sorry, police are listening. Uh, Do do, uh, keep an eye on uh, Alan and his pal. But I had a mate at university who said that, and it didn't matter what you said, he'd go, that's what he says to all the girls. And you'd be like, oh. I've just ordered a Diet Coke. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I've a Diet Coke but and some Chris. That's what it says to all the girls. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then oh, the problem God. is the bad joke becomes funny through the persistence of repetition. Yeah, yeah. He wants it to be his catchphrase. I said, keep going. Then it's not funny. Then it gets funny again. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's like one of my gigs where, it, you know, I start off with these jokes. They're not funny, but by pure... Yeah. Relentless. What else are you going to do as an audience? You've got to stay, yeah. so you might as well laugh. Exactly. Or I'll just wait. I'll just like, well, yeah. I'll just wait until you get on board because this is happening. I mean, do you ever have, um, and I'm sure your gigs all go very, very well, but do you ever have a thing where, and I'm, I'm sure I'm right about this, I think particularly in an Edinburgh run, I can tell whether the gig's going to be good or not, I reckon, before I've got to the microphone. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I don't know if I don't know if you have like a test or if there's like a, a passage of time, but I th- I can tell usually by listening in the wings whether it's going to be a good one or not. Do you have that? I definitely remember that at Edinburgh. Yeah, I can remember at Edinburgh being up at the festival and knowing you just know from behind the curtains if it's going to be a good one or a bad one. Listen, I'm very impressed because Tamsin from Campbellsforth, she said that she always thought it wasn't making ends meet. She thought it was making hens meet. (laughs) (laughs) So she thought that they had to make, they had to introduce chickens to each other. And I thought my mum and dad had to make a chicken when they were skint to make hens meet. We're just trying to make hens meet. Oh, yes, because then it sounds like the hens are going to, what? Kiss each other and make a chicken. Is that what she thinks? Yeah, I don't know. They had to make not a chicken. Let's not go into how chickens and, and animals are made, but is that what she thinks? Like, oh, we'll get the hens to meet and then, you know, get three the weeks later they'll have a baby. I suppose they lay eggs, well, she's they? gone Different. more with the meat thing as well. It's the meat, and she thought it was hen meat. <laughs> <laughs> hen meat sounds like another sort of horse meat scandal. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, known as in those chicken. lasagnas. It's full of hens meat. <laughs> <laughs> this is Matt Ford. Matt Ford, weekend summer camp on Absolute Radio. Just some football news for you. Arsenal are already 1-0 up against Liverpool in the Charity Shield. About 15 minutes gone in that. And the sort of final and latest scores in the Scottish Premiership. It's Kilmarnock 3, Dundee United 0, Livingston 1, Ross County 0, St Johnston 1, St Mirren 0. And in the first round of the League Cup, Blackburns 3, Doncaster 2, Preston 4, Mansfield 0, Stoke 0, Blackpool 0 and Stevenage 3, Portsmouth 3. We've got some amazing final messages here from phrases that people have either misunderstood or little catchphrases they've made for themselves. Kerry, you've got an amazing one. I love this one from Emma. She said when she asked her mum when she was a kid if she could have a sister, she was told, no, your dad has had a versect a knee. And so for years she wondered how having an operation on your knee meant that you couldn't have a baby. I suppose it depends how big it is. Um, Some people may well... um... Be at knee level. Um, <laughs> for sex and knee. There's a great one here. Anna says, when I was in my teens and my dad was watching the football scores, I used to think that when they gave the score on aggregate, they meant that was the surface they played on. I thought, why didn't they just play on grass? Aggregate has to be painful. <laughs> so what's incredible about that is, how many teenagers would know that aggregate was like a kind of form of gravel surface? Yeah, that's quite an unusual interpretation of, the, of that. Uh, Ian says, after telling my daughter about the Soviet Union, she got it into her head there was a country called Sovia. So she thought it was Soviet <laughs> Union. <laughs> oh, man. We could have done these. I mean, we, we have done them all show, but we could have done them all day. Kerry Godleman, think... it's always a pleasure doing this show with you. Thank you for coming Oh, I've on. had so much fun. Thank you for having me. We will see you next week. We'll be back together next week. For more, I mean, if we can find two subjects like this again, my word, what fun we're going to have. See you all next week. Curry up. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. Well, there you go. We told you it was good. We did warn you at the start. Um, you know what? We started talking about comedy um, and we didn't do it on the show because it, it, would, it would probably feel a bit self-indulgent, but on a podcast, that's kind of what podcasts are for. Um, yeah. So when you're, when you're touring then, do you, do you have a support act? Yes, I often have Jake Lambert. Oh, he's brilliant. He, he's great, isn't he? He's He's been touring with me f- for a while, for the last year or two. 
And do you go on first and do a bit and bring him on? Or do you just no, this is a great question. No, yeah. my system, our system is he does 20, then we have a break and he introduces yeah. me and then I do my show straight through. What do you Perfect. do? Well, I've never had a support act, but I started thinking about it on the last tour. Um, right. And then I was like, would I go out first and just say hello to them? And then I was like, nah. If you haven't no. had a support act, the whole point is they're going out there first. What did you do for John? He would come out and do a bit first. And then bring me on, which perhaps... No, you see, I know it's different yeah. choices, but I used to support Mickey Flanagan and this is the way we did it. I'd go out and do a set, then there was an interval and then I brought Mickey out. Yeah, and it'd be I weird if you went to a music to gig, if like Oasis yeah. came out first and went, oh, here's, exactly. uh, here's the choral. You'd be like, what? Just let them come no. out. But some acts like to feel that they want the audience to feel like they're sort of there and that they're endorsing and introducing the support, then the support opens the show, then the main act comes uh, out and does the... Yes. Do you know what I mean? That it's all part of a pa- like a sort of package. I don't know. Package. I don't know. But I go... <laughs> and we I should plug it all, actually. It, 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 oh, God. You'd be well, touring when COVID is over. Well, yes. good question. I was, I was four gigs into my tour when the COVID came, so uh, it will come back at some point, but I don't know when. When do you It reckon? will come back. Well... I think spring next year at the earliest would be my guess. Right. Because we were both on tour, weren't we? I know. Real shame, isn't it? A yeah, real I'm really missing shame. it now. You do. You just get the itch for it, don't you? Like, oh, it'd be great to be doing gigs now, but um, mm. we shouldn't wallow in it. Um, tickets for Kerry's tour are available through our website, kerrygodleman.com, so you can you can check out tickets there. Um, so this has been a good pl- This whole podcast basically has been a plug for your tour. Yeah, it's worked out really well for me. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> See you next week when uh, we'll be we'll be flogging whatever stuff Kerry's got on eBay. I might do a car boot sale next week. Fancy coming down? I'd love to. Let's do it. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Rock and roll football podcast done.